Hello and welcome to the High View Podcast, a gospel-centered conversation exploring theology, culture, and life in the local church. I'm your host, Tyler Sweat, the pastor of Connection and Community at High View Church. And today I am joined by Chad Williams and a new guest to the podcast, Kyle McCarg, Pastor Kyle, uh, one hey. of our elders here at Highview Church. Glad to have him on today. How are you gentlemen doing? Doing well. Good to be with you. Yeah, I'm good. Awesome. Glad you're back from uh, from vacation, Tyler. Yeah, I've, uh, I was. Uh, I was sunny Florida, man. Well, you know, um, you can't you can't tell it, but I did get a little sun. I'm just that pale <laughs> that uh, I don't turn brown. I just I turn uh, red and then it goes away. Shades of pink. A shade of pink. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. That was one of the, the observations that my wife and I made as we were down there on the, sitting on the beach. We just looked around and we're like, we are the palest people here by far by a, a huge mm-hmm. margin, but no, it was a great trip. We, uh, we got to go visit some friends and, uh, eat some fantastic food. If you, uh, if any of our listeners ever find themselves in the Sarasota County area, uh, go check out some of the local, the local eats are great. Um, so definitely going to have to do a little more working out now that I'm back home. Uh, but unfortunately, as a part of that trip, I missed this Sunday where we had Pastor Kyle sharing with us from the book of Hebrews. And uh, today we're going to do one of our uh, Digging Deeper episodes where we recently have been kind of talking back through our sermon series uh, through the book of Hebrews that we've called Jesus Speaks. It's been a really great series so far. And today we're going to be breaking down the past two sermons uh, from one from Pastor Chad entitled Today from Hebrews chapter 3 verses 7 through 18. And then our sermon from yesterday as we're recording this, the sermon from yesterday from Pastor Kyle uh, where he started into chapter 4. So gentlemen, let's talk through some of these uh, these sermons that we've heard as a church and kind of dig a little deeper into uh, some of these passages. Because what we've said every week we've talked about these things um, is that the book of Hebrews is pretty uh, pretty weighty. It's pretty deep. Uh, you kind of have to wade through a lot of the imagery and the, the things that are presented by the by the author. Um, there's a lot to take in, a lot to consider. Um, so, Pastor Chad, we're going to jump into your sermon from a couple weeks ago entitled Today. Um, why don't you kind of take us back a couple weeks, um, set up for us why, um, what was the significance of uh, the today sermon? Kind of what was the big idea, the big uh, point from that message? Yeah, well, this particular passage that I was uh, preaching from in that sermon, uh, it comes at an interesting point in the book. It, it's actually uh, kind of wedged in between um, the, the passage that Pastor Kyle preached from Hebrews 4 and uh, the passage that actually you preached uh, the previous week. Uh, which was uh, on Jesus' superiority to Moses. And uh, so it's an interesting um, uh, little detour that the author of Hebrews takes us on in, uh, in starting in verse 7. Uh, and and it's, a, it's an interesting passage in that it, it is a passage about, and what I thought thematically it was about overall, is about urgency. Uh, the passage is, is a call to obedience and it's, but specifically it's a call to obedience now uh, or today. 
And so uh, it's, it's a, it's an interesting section. So I, I named it today because after kind of looking at it and soaking in it for a while, I felt like the, the passage was all about that concept of today being the day of salvation today being the day, which uh, we're called to repent today. If, um, yeah. if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And so it introduces some themes too, that, uh, kind of get passed into the rest of the book and, and starting there in verse, um, uh, one of chapter four, uh, that pastor Kyle preached on, uh, yesterday. So it's a, it's kind of a bridge in a way. Uh, it, it, it closes up the concept of, uh, Jesus superiority to Moses, but it also provides a bridge into the concept of rest and what happens if we fail uh, to to keep our hearts close to Christ and what happens when they harden and what are the, the what's what's the fallout from that. So uh, the, that passage is uh, the passage I preached from, which is really just all about urgency and all about this urgent command to hear the voice of God uh, as it's spoken to us through Christ. And so that was the big theme and. Um, and again, just trying to, you know, as a preacher, uh, I was actually texting with Pastor Kyle about this. You know, our, I feel like our one of our jobs, the, the number one job is to explain the text uh, within its the biblical context. Um, and then our job is to make sure we, people can apply that text uh, and, uh, and be obedient to it. But then I feel like in addition to that, like preaching, I feel like one of our key jobs is the tone should match the text. Mm-hmm. So if the, if the text is calling for urgent obedience, yeah. then, then in my understanding of, of preaching, uh, then my, my sermon needs to match the text's urgency. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I feel like it's a little unnatural. For example, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. Um, the way that the last two weeks, I feel like we've had to preach those passages and I would include pastor Kyle's in there too, but the way that we've had to preach those passages, if we preach Psalm 23, the same way with the same tone, it wouldn't be true to the text. And so there are passages that are there to comfort. There are passages there to challenge. And, uh, and so, um, and, and some that do both. And so, I think it's about consistency and being, and I think people pick up on it. If you read your Bibles enough, you know when someone is kind of throttling up where they, they really, the text doesn't demand that or, or vice versa or failing to match the text intensity. So um, there, there are a lot of interesting dynamics in this passage, but, but I feel like a, a real key theme running through chapter three and four uh, in particular is urgency and yeah. a call to obedience today. And so that's how that, that sermon came together. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely, I know you repeated that, that word over and over in the message, uh, the idea that the, the author is calling for this response today with that urgency. And uh, something I, I remember considering as you know, we were um, thinking about and we're going to talk about this particular sermon, um, one of the things I think we miss, I know I've missed in my Christian life, is the urgency of the Scriptures, uh, that the the scriptures just kind of call for a response, um, and that response can be uh, belief, obedience, uh, lots of different things. Um, but I think somehow in our particular vein of of Christianity, uh, we enjoy just kind of uh, consuming, taking in content, learning a bunch of stuff about the scripture, and oftentimes forget 
that there is an urgency to action in in the things that we're called to believe as as Christians. Um, another, just in my particular experience, I feel like our culture is almost urgency to death. Like everything, you've got to act now. Uh, there's always a sale. There's always a, a new app. There's always a new thing. You got to jump on it. You got to get the new product. We're, we're kind of urgencyed uh, to, into just kind of a, a lull where uh, if everything's important, nothing really is. If everything's urgent, then then everything's kind of like I'll get you know I'll pick the things that are important to me. Um, one of the things that I, made me think about that um, if you if you've been to Hobby Lobby, there's always everything's on sale. It's everything's 50% off. But if you go all the time, you realize everything's always on sale. Like there's, there's not just like, Oh, you're going to miss out. Like even now you can go get stuff from Easter 50% off next season. It'll be 50% off then too. Um, so there's almost this like fabricated urgency. And I think we're almost just, we're tired of it. Really? Um, have you guys seen that? Do you, do you kind of see that response to the scriptures as well, where we miss the urgency a lot? Yeah, I would say for sure. Um, you know, I, I I think it's human nature, right? That familiarity kind of breeds contempt. Yeah. Right. Um, we we think we know something, we've heard something, we've been around it. And I think that's a, I, I think that's definitely a, a definitely a danger for us. Um, is to uh, is is for the the blessings of God, the promises of God. Uh, his word, you know, along with the warnings for them to kind of become, you know, we mentioned like old hat, like, yeah, I, I got that. I know that, but to somehow not see them in their ongoing implications in your life for today. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would definitely, that, that definitely, um, I, I definitely feel that in my own heart as I was even studying for the passage. Mm. Yeah. I feel like, one of the challenges I had, uh, and, and I feel like <clears throat> obviously it's, it's, uh, made clear, uh, by how the author of Hebrews uses Psalm 95, for example, uh, to, uh, to, to make a point. Um, but, uh, one of the challenges I had was, um, explaining what is the source of this urgency. Yeah. So, so if I'm going to tell you, listen up right now, and obey this today. Like you, then you should, you, yeah, you should ask why, why, why should I listen to any of this? And I felt like I, you know, I said in the sermon that this is a, a really important part of that sermon. The source of biblical urgency is biblical authority. Yeah. And the basis of biblical authority is biblical inspiration. So the, the most, maybe the most like key phrase in, in that entire passage uh, actually comes at the very beginning of verse seven, which uh, the author says, therefore, as the Holy spirit says. Yeah. Uh, so, so th- th- again, um, biblical inspiration being the, the Holy spirit wrote the Bible. Yeah. Uh, and, and that therefore the authority of the third person of the Trinity is, is what this is rooted in. Uh, and so, uh, failing to hear the word of God and obey it is a failure to obey God. Yeah. Now that sounds like a no brainer, but it's, it's crazy how easily we forget who wrote the book, you know, like that, you know, who's actually telling us to do these things. 
And so there, that, that whole, like, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, and then what does the Holy Spirit say? The Holy Spirit says Psalm 95. Like mm. that, that, yep. that right there was, and it was a brilliant, uh, a brilliant, uh, uh, you know, obviously use of the text that, that the author of Hebrews uh, employs there. Uh, but, uh, but that's the source of urgency. Yeah, that was, uh, of course, one of the, the highlights of the sermon was you sharing the, the story of the prophet, the quote-unquote prophet that you met at, in the Wendy's parking lot. Uh, that He was uh, saying that God told him something and uh, while he was eating a Baconator, or while you were eating a Baconator. I forgot who had the Baconator, but uh, yeah, remind just, us of uh, that never, story. Yeah. You, you don't always, you don't always, like, run into prophets eating Baconators, but... yeah, yeah. Um, no, the the point of that story, um, I was couple. There's a couple things behind it. Um, I, I said that story, and I said that this guy who said he was a prophet told me that, you know, the Holy Spirit had told him that he wanted him to be happy, so to to leave his family, mm. basically, yeah, because uh, that would make him happy, and the Holy Spirit wow. wanted him happy, and uh, and I said the Holy Spirit didn't tell you that, and. What was interesting about that was, and I kind of thought this would happen, and it's what did happen. The, the congregation, when I said what this man said, immediately understood this man's not a prophet. They immediately push, like, they, they you know, there's some laughter yeah. and some just like, this guy's obviously not a prophet. And then what, you know, what I wanted to, and what I did ask mm-hmm. the congregation is why? Why did you have that, that response? Based on what? I mean, it, you know, what, what's the objective thing that you're, you're determining, making a determination about this man's prophetic insight with what's the object, the objective thing that you're using to evaluate whether that's of God or not. And of course that should be the word. So, so what he said, the Holy spirit said runs counter to what the Holy spirit says in scripture. Therefore uh, he's not a prophet and he's not speaking on behalf of the Holy spirit. He wasn't hearing from the Holy spirit. And so I wanted, I wanted to create a, a tension point there and I wanted them to uh, think about why they immediately thought that's not of God. Uh, what's the objective basis for that? Uh, and if we, if we don't have scripture, it's really just my word against his. It's me saying, I don't think the Holy Spirit said that. And he's saying, well, yeah, he did. Yeah. So what's the objective judge of, of that word? And it, of course, is the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit written scriptures is, uh, is the basis for that. So yeah, that was a, that's a, that's a big, a big part of that, that message for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, winding down on, on that particular message, uh, today from today, but from two weeks ago, um, <laughs> the, uh, the message you kind of landed on this idea of, uh, hardness of heart, um, that we, kind of see the call to urgency um, and then that's going to carry us into Kyle's message as well. But uh, this idea of, of being hard hearted and that turning us away from God's word, um, there's, there's pretty interesting implications for primarily two groups of people. One are the unsaved, uh, the unregenerate uh, person that, that has a hard heart toward God naturally already. Uh, but there seems to be in this particular text, I mean, the author of Hebrews is writing to believers Right. He's writing to Christians um, who are you know, from a Jewish descent. We've talked about all that in the last couple of weeks. Um, but what's the danger for uh, believers in this idea of hardness of heart? What, 
what's the uh, what's the danger uh, that that poses to us as believers uh, in this particular text? Well, I mentioned some of the things in the sermon, but um, you know, certainly um, the the heart is uh, deceptive, and sin is deceptive, and um, you know, one of the really big takeaways and, and a way that we fight hardness of heart is through the local church. It's through others. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was a really, really big deal. We, yeah. we can't do this alone. Yeah. Uh, we need each other to, um, to, to soften our own hearts. Um, that Bonhoeffer quote from life together about needing the word in your brother's mouth, yeah, uh, that that you need that um, because the word in your brother's mouth is stronger than the word in your own heart. That's a that's a wild statement, yeah. Um, but but I get it. Like I, I get that uh, that we need that affirmation. We need to hear and be reminded of the gospel, and that's how we fight hardness of heart. Um, but certainly, anyone who thinks that they're above a hardening of mm-hmm. heart. Uh, has not read the Bible narrative, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and, and also the the idea, and I, I think this was a really uh, important um, kind of overlap between this section and the section that that uh, Kyle preached yesterday, uh, which is the the comparing uh, the people of God now to the people of God then, mm-hmm. and that terrifying place where you can actually in so many ways experience the salvific work of God mm. um, and the provision of God and the grace of God and see and be and, and follow, uh, follow him uh, pillar of uh, cloud by day, fire by night stuff mm. and be lost. Yeah. That, that is a stunning uh, I mean, you know, I, I had, I, I, read the, the, I mean, I've even preached through the book of Exodus, but it, it, it really only occurred to me that the vast majority, I mean, vast majority yeah. of the wilderness generation died with hardened hearts in unbelief. And we have no biblical basis to think they were born again is my point. They, they died in hardness of heart and unbelief. And that's certainly not used to describe, um, uh, the righteous or the faithful or believers in the new Testament. So uh, that, that was a stunning uh, kind of aha moment. And, and uh, pastor Kyle did a great job yesterday of uh, kind of elaborating on that as yeah. well. And so, yeah, that was a, that was big. It, 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 it's, I think these passages are meant to be sobering. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I would add to that, that uh, for me, the thing that put the pit in my stomach is, and we talk about this overlap, was just to me when reading Psalm 95, where he talks about the wilderness generation of, at, at Meribah. And, and it's just kind of blowing my mind because, you know, we see the ultimate outcome of the hardness of heart, right? And that they fail to enter into God's rest. They fail to enter into the promised land. Uh, they die in the wilderness. We see that, but we don't always see the process. We don't, we don't yeah. see necessarily how could that happen. And I think the danger is that because we don't see it in our own minds. Mm. 
And I think that's why things like, uh, like Pastor Chad's uh, um, warning and pointing us back in uh, chapter 3, verse 7, to this idea of exhorting one another, how this is one of those one another processes. Yeah. Because let's be honest, we are so often blind to the sin in our own lives and, and, and the hardness of hearts in our own life. And we need the grace of God to us, uh, you know, given to us in, in, uh, in the body. And we need those people who are holding us accountable who are, or who are watching us and who are exhorting us because it, it is sometimes it's, it's amazing just how sometimes how, you know, you know, imperceptible it is that what's, what's, what's taking place. And yeah. so for me, that was definitely one of those moments for me is like, you know, this is happening at Meribah, at, at Massa, when this is, this is very early on. Mm. All right? And this is what God's calling out. I mean, it, it, I think it reaches its totality at Kadesh Barnea, right? Yeah. And that's the thing we all know about, but we don't necessarily make the connection of the dot with the process. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, to, to take it on a very, very much smaller level, but this is why my wife asked me to check her teeth after we eat a meal, because I can see, <laughs> I can see the, the, you know, the leaves and the, the salad that's left better than, better than she can. And then, you know, I can help her out. Like, oh, well, that's over. go more to the right, you know, go more to the, more to the left. Uh, and I mean, that's why we do need, uh, we need each other, um, to, kind of keep a set of eyes, you know, on our lives and we need that vulnerability. And then as chapter three exhorted us to uh, exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, uh, that's a big task. And we're called to do that as the church. And one thing that I constantly am realizing, especially here at Highview, I mean, we, we try to preach through the scripture and not, you know, skip around and miss things, but we talk about community a lot because the Bible talks about community a lot. Uh, we, we talk about the need for one another, the encouragement that, that the preached word brings, that the, the, the uh, sung word and uh, small groups and all these things, because it's all, I mean, it is a key point that the writers of scripture, that the Holy Spirit himself inspired uh, to be a constant reminder that we need to go through this, this process of sanctification together. Um, because if we don't, then we will miss, we'll miss out on, um, on some things that, that are, that we urgently need to take care of. Um, so let's go ahead and cross over into this, this past week's message. Uh, as we're talking about that crossover anyway, uh, we get into chapter four and I'm just going to read the first verse there for us. It says, therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. Uh, so pastor Kyle, uh, why don't you, uh, kind of introduce this particular sermon again, tell us, um, basically what this rest is that he's saying that is available, right. That's offered, uh, that's extended to us. Um, and then what's the danger of, of missing that rest? Why does he say that that's a reason to fear? Yeah. So, you know, I think if you, again, if you spend any time in church, I think we understand that the rest is, is the accomplished and finished work of Jesus Christ for us. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, and I think the, the writer of Hebrews is, is really trying to help his audience and, and really for you and I today to understand that, and to understand it and see the, the kind of the unfolding of scripture as how that's presented and, and how, how he can say that that generation had good news preached to them. He's going to, he's going to show it to us and what it looked like, you know, for the wilderness generation, but he's going to ground it even in the creation count account itself yeah. in the rest of God. And when he rested on the seventh day, 
showing us how all of this is a work of God and it's a work of God that he does that only he can do. And he's giving it to us. It's for us and for our full satisfaction. And then the danger of if you reject it, or in this case, if you don't continue on in it, or you refuse it by seemingly turning away from it, Mm. right? You know, the wilderness generation having begun well, they were called out. They were called out of bondage. Yeah. But there's a sense in which they were never called into the rest because they never entered into the rest. There's Mm. this idea of falling away because of unbelief, right? That it wasn't mixed. It wasn't mixed with faith. And so the, and so the way we kind of looked at it again was the outline was kind of yesterday, very similar to yesterday pointing to these examples from, from the past. And then today, because he says, and he says it repeatedly, like the offer still stands. Mm. It's still for today. And then too late and then too late because, you know, I think that while the offer still stands and there's the glory of this rest in Jesus Christ, the ultimate picture, the ultimate fulfillment of what the promised land was, right? Mm. The ultimate Joshua, right? You have all of these pictures, but, but the tragedy to me is that it still stands, but then it becomes too late because while the offer of this rest still stands, I, I do believe, I think it's consistent with scripture that it comes with an expiration date. Mm. It's, 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 you know, now we don't know when that may be, sure. uh, but, but when the Lord returns and Christ comes back, um, it's going to be too late. Mm. And we looked at this idea of, of, of seeing that as Jesus Christ is the word of God in revelation 19. And, and I think that's to me, and we talk about tone and how you preach it. To me, that's the tragedy. And I don't know how well this came out in the sermon, but the, the tragedy to me is that Jesus Christ, you know, when he came, you know, he came, he came not to fight us, but to fight for us. Yeah. But, but, but that dynamic, that dynamic to me is, is, is only good, uh, is, is only pertinent um, as long as it's today, because when Christ comes a second time, that's, that's not the dynamic. Mm. And that's the tragedy. That's the, that's the forward looking part instead of backward looking, because it's like, if you reject this, there's nothing else. Yeah. If you're waiting for something bigger and better, like, you know, then you're, you're literally playing with fire. Yeah. Um, and that, to me, is the tragedy that I see in that passage. So, you know, yesterday, today, and too late, you know. And so, uh, because, because you know, as we said as we close, you know, hard hearts, hard hearts who, who won't receive the word of God and, and the works of God on their behalf, they, they don't find rest, but they do find judgment. Mm. Um, so anyway, yeah. Well, you know, we didn't... <clears throat> We didn't talk about this a, a whole lot, um, but as uh, as you were when your sermon was over yesterday, I, I remember thinking this, and then looking ahead to looking at um, the close of chapter four. Uh, it's about to we're about to just jump into uh, about fourteen verses of Jesus as high priest that runs yeah. from the end of chapter four through uh, about half of chapter five. And which is the passage I'll be preaching this coming Sunday. And 
And I was thinking about this uh, after Kyle preached. I was like, wow. Um, beginning in chapter 3, verse 7, through chapter 5, verse 10, you essentially have a three-part trilogy. Um, that's really expanding on the same thing. So, like, what I'm saying is Kyle essentially had the Empire Strikes Back. He had the darker... <laughs> he had... He, he had like I introduced the characters and the concept of judgment yeah. today and salvation today yeah. and so on and so forth. Yeah. And then empire happens, you know, where it's, it, it takes a dark turn, but then the close is actually like, what is, what's the remedy for all of this? Yeah. And, yeah. and of course the answer the return of the king, if you will, um, the the high priest as a different cross, we cross universes. <laughs> it's a different trilogy, yeah. But yeah. but but you get the idea. It but it's 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 brilliant. I mean, it, the the structure of this book is is pretty incredible. Yeah. And uh, but it 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 sort of completes this long thought mm-hmm. on the need to uh, the need for a savior and what happens if we reject the savior. And that's a lot of what we looked at uh, yesterday. Yeah. And then what is this savior going to do to save us? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, only, and, uh, the only question I have is pastor Chad, when you're watching Lord of the Rings, do you just shout about, Oh, <laughs> this is like the book of Hebrews. When, uh, when, more than no. you know, brother, <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Uh, More than you know. Yeah, that's so true. And I will say that, uh, yeah, you know, yesterday, um, I, I, I really, I wasn't lying. It wasn't, this wasn't just something pastors say, like, this sermon for me was a burden to me. Mm. And it was like, I really didn't like the fact that I had, I was supposed to stop at verse 13. I really want to be like, can we get on to, you know, I want to get back to this Jesus loves me stuff, <laughs> right? I want to get to verse 14 because we mm. need this high priest. I kind of feel like a jerk. <laughs> you with, with, with this scalding judgment, but it's there. You got to deal with it. But mm. I, I am very appreciative that, yeah, the, the beauty of our, of our, our savior and, and our Lord and his wisdom and the way he's put this book together. Cause it's, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to next week. I need to hear next week. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that though. I'm yeah. glad, even though it wasn't a part of your text per se, I'm glad that you, mention and you kind of land on some eschatological hope actually uh with christ as high priest like i thought that was very appropriate um to to kind of point people towards what the solution really is and and what what the work the finished work is going to be and uh yeah it was it was it was uh it was exceptional and, uh, and like I said, I thought that it was true. I thought, I thought your sermon was true to the text and, uh, and the tone as well. So I think that's all mm. we can do, uh, at the end of the day, but, and for what it's worth, man, um, uh, empire is my favorite in the trilogy. <laughs> so. Just, just know anytime that there's going to be like a harsh judgmental <laughs> text, Someone else other than Chad's gonna be preaching it. He doesn't want to be the bad guy. He's gonna come in with the loving arms of Christ next week, saying, "Come here." What did Kyle hear my sermon? Did Kyle hurt you? Did Kyle hurt you? Come here. Come on. Come on to the rest that I offer in this next sermon. I'm I'm usually (laughs) no. um, I was I was joking with someone. A friend of mine in the church was like, 
man, this Hebrews is like some hard hitting stuff every week, man. And I was like, listen, we gave you 10 weeks or eight weeks or whatever it was of the fruit of the spirit before this. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, yeah. you know, you got love, joy, peace, pages got like, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that, uh, previous ministry, we went through the book of Hebrews and, uh, and I had a deacon take me to lunch because, and he, he took me to lunch and he was just like, you know, wanted to talk to me about our sermon series. And he said, you know, I just, I really feel like the, uh, the students think they I think they're feeling kind of beat up. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to hurry up and wrap yeah. this up. And, uh, and, and honestly, that is a struggle pastorally, right? You know, these people that you're preaching to and like, you don't want to mm. feel like you're needlessly beating the sheep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I came home yesterday and, and my father, uh, you know, that my parents live with us and, so he told me he had listened to the sermon. He's like, man, he's like, but yeah, that was some tough stuff, man. That was like center in the hands of the angry Kyle. And I'm just like, oh, you know, like, that's my worst nightmare because that's not the point. You know, it's not that like they have to oh, just the judgment of Kyle or what I. Mm. Yeah. No, it is. It, you know, like this book um, is, uh, it's powerful because it tells the truth. Yeah. I mean, it, and, and I know all scripture does, uh, but it's the way it's communicated. Um, and, and it, and it's, it's a, it's actually, you know, I heard D.A. Carson say one time, a uh, pretty famous New Testament, New Testament scholar. He said, Hebrews is one of the most loving books in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, be, because it, it just tells you how things are. Yeah. And it, and, and it, you can never look at the book of Hebrews and say, you didn't tell me that you didn't warn me of that. You mm-hmm. didn't say that was an issue. You didn't say that my soul was at risk. Um, it, and it just lovingly tells you the truth. And, and honestly, uh, it, it's, it has so, some of the most glorious, uh, Christology in all the new Testament. And that should be the most comforting things we ever read, uh, is, is who Jesus is. Yeah. And, uh, I mean like, you know, the, the, you kind of landed on it and I'll pick up this week, but uh, chapter four, verses 14 through 16 is one of those just beautiful, encouraging. You have a high priest yeah. who's able to sympathize with your weakness. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, so, so it, it's all throughout the book, but, but I think that people feel that way because they're not, they're used to pastors maybe skipping over or not preaching certain passages that would call someone to question their salvation, for example, or call mm. someone to go, I don't know. I, I, you know, someone who, like you mentioned, has the the sticker in their Bible and, and, you know, prayed the prayer one time and got mm. baptized at youth camp and whatever. And this book just unapologetically challenges everyone and everything. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and says, are you in Christ or not? Yeah. Well, and I think what we're describing is exactly what the book of Hebrews communicates in verse 12, where the word of God is living and active and sharp. It's sharper than any you know two-edged sword that pierces us, that kind of gets down into uh, our thoughts and our intentions, like it goes deep into us. But what the, the cool thing is, is that it operates almost like, um, you know, I'm sure we've all heard the example of uh, kind of how they present a diamond, they put it against a black backdrop. And so what we've what we've seen is okay. There's a there's a black backdrop that's just dark and uh, doesn't really shine. And whatever. Well, then when you get to verse 14 and it says, "Since we have a great high priest, like that's the diamond. 
that shines against all that the book of Hebrews kind of stirs out. They're like, hey, you need to watch out for this deceptive sin in your life. You need to watch out lest you be like the ones in the Old Testament that we know about who wanted to go back into Egypt. Like that's, it's against that backdrop that we then say, we have a Christ that has come for us, that has redeemed us, that has restored us, that we must cling to, that we must hold on to. The one who ultimately, is, as Kyle's mentioned, is, is going to return uh, either to uh, take us to himself as his beloved children uh, or as one who will bring judgment. Uh, that's, a, that's a reality of the scriptures that we don't need to ignore. Um, and I think sometimes we... We do because it's not super comfortable. It's not. I mean, that's that's piercing. That that kind of gets down into uh, the reality that we don't like to deal with all that often. Um, but yeah, this this has been such a fantastic book to dig into. Appreciate both of you, you fine gentlemen, uh, great pastors of our church, preaching these fantastic sermons. Any kind of final thoughts as we wrap up uh, from Pastor Kyle? Any anything from this text that you really? hoped that people walked away with from, from this particular sermon? <laughs> I think the thing I walked away from this sermon and I've already said it is, uh, is, is we need Jesus uh, <laughs> and we, we need him as our high priest. Mm. You know, uh, that's, that's, I, I really like, um, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not good. It's not useful, but like, you know, in studying it, like I'm ready to move on, man. I, mm. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready for, uh, for a, a, a high priest who can sympathize with me. And, you know, I was thinking about it even today, you know, where that passage where you have, uh, you have Jesus telling Peter that Satan has desired to sift him like wheat. Mm-hmm. He said, and you know, and we have Jesus saying, but I, pr- Jesus telling Peter, but I've prayed that your faith may not fail. And I always kind of read that. And I'm like, man, I wish I had Jesus praying for my faith that it might not fail. And then it's like, Oh, hello. You do. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you do have a high priest who ever lives to intercede for you. Um, so, so let's stay close and stay near and dear to that one. And I need to be reminded of that because I do, I do have a savior who is, who has finished the work on my behalf and who intercedes for me. And so I, I think that's what I want to say is, is I want to, I want to encourage our folks to, uh, to be there for this coming Sunday to be there, to hear what the solution is, to hear um, what the hope is. And to uh, and to take all these things serious, to uh, yeah. you know, to take the warning of, of, of particularly the ability to miss it, to, to miss entering his rest. Yeah. Uh, but to see that to see their glorious hope and, and salvation in Christ and to cling to him. So I think that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just I'm looking forward. I'm looking yeah. forward. That's so good. And that's and that's ultimately what we do week in and week out. We point people back to this Jesus that we desperately need. Right. And that's. Uh, that's the call of the book of Hebrews to consider Jesus, to, to see him as our high priest, to see him as the one who uh, we ultimately need, not the other stuff of this world and other uh, things that distract us and, and destroy us. Um, great guys. Yeah, and, and I, I would say this too, um, brother. Um, one of the things that I felt like was uh, it, just such a, a strong takeaway for me uh, in, in reading this passage and studying this passage myself, kind of along with you, uh, in chapter four, um, is, uh, is in verse two for good news came to us, just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them. Why? Because of what they did. Uh, well, 
yes and no, but primarily it's because they were not united by faith. Mm. Yeah. Wasn't mixed with faith. Yeah. That, that, uh, is a reminder. Uh, the book of Hebrews is not teaching works based religion. Yeah. No. The book of Hebrews is warning us about, uh, what what a lack of obedience in our own lives says about our faith yeah. and about our confession. That's why the author says later, you know, at the end of chapter four, that we should hold fast our confession. Yeah. And so this is about whether or not we have saving faith. And saving faith uh, comes with obedience to God. And, uh, and so I think that, if people hear all of these sermons as we continue to, to march through Hebrews over the coming months, um, and they hear us saying, try harder, try harder, try harder, they're actually going to be missing the real thrust of the book of Hebrews, which is about yep. whether or not we have saving faith in the finished work of Christ or not. Yep. And uh, and so I think that's a, a really important point for, for really the whole book as yep. we go forward. That's fantastic. Well, thank you guys for jumping on with us today. Appreciate both of you as pastors, but also as just fellow laborers in the Lord. Uh, you guys encourage me for sure. Uh, I just want to be like you when I grow up. That's that's my goal. Hey, we appreciate you, man. We're glad to have you back from the beach. Yeah. Um, Speaking of which, going back out of town next food. week. Going the, no. <laughs> oh, I wish. Oh, okay. No. No, glad to be back for sure. <laughs> and uh, as Pastor Kyle mentioned, uh, hope we'll see all of you back at church this Sunday. Uh, we hope to see you all at Highview Church. And hey, if you're not one of our church members and you listen to this episode or this podcast, thanks for hanging in here with us and listening. We hope that if you're in the local area, you will come check us out. Um, but if you listen to this podcast and it's been an encouragement to you, go ahead and share it with a friend and share it uh, on your social medias, all that good stuff. Leave us a, leave us a nice rating and a review, and uh, we'll see you in the next one.